Mike Young, stories that need to be told once again, sitting here with my good friend Stevie Gutman. What up? Hello, hello, hello. So before we get going on this, I told you guys last week that I got a chance to collaborate, ghostwrite, work on, um, be a part of uh, Michael Rappaport's book, This Book Has Balls. And I just got the audio portion of the book. I downloaded it. It only took me nine people to get on my phone and figure out how to download <laughs> a, uh, the audio portion for the book. But I got it. And in the opening of the book, Rappaport gives me a cool shout out. So I'm going to kick off this podcast with this because I like it. It was a great experience. It was dope. Rappaport is hilarious. He's on a run right now like you can't believe. He is all Rappaport all day. And here it is. So thank you for inspiring me, teaching me, and keeping me safe since 1979. Finally, I want to thank my man, Mike Young, friend, writer, helped me write this book. I could not have done this without you. Appreciate everything. Appreciate all the help. You are the real MVP. 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 Mike is killing it. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, look. I am not, obviously, it's all Rappaport's point of view. It is all his point. It is all him. You know what I mean? It's not my voice. It's his voice. But on the next podcast, I'll play the first chapter that I played for Stevie. Absolutely. And what I did was I wrote a, I wrote an opening copy. I wrote an editor's version of what it was like to work with Rappaport. So obviously, I it's comedy. I made up, you know, a whole story, you know. It's uh, like a neurotic king of Scotland. It's a neurotic king. Stevie laid it out. Stevie's got great. With in, in, he's got great ideas. Steve, you're an idea man. Idea man. I you like lay that. something out for Stevie. He's like, here's your TV show. It's you. <laughs> it's following him. You're a writer, king of Scotland, comedy. Now go with it. I wish I and was then just I'll spend as... 900 hours in a room writing by myself and 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 getting dandruff on my eyebrows. I wish I was just as good with the follow through as I was with the idea. Great at ideas, not so good with making the idea into reality. Do you ever read books and finish them? Of course. No, that I'm okay with. Do you? Yeah, of course. Because I remember like, you know, years and years ago when I started like really diving into reading, finishing a book kind of got me into the habit of finishing things. And I thought that that was like, I don't know. I was I, I was with you. you know, I was all ideas all the time. But like ideas ain't shit. Execution is everything. Well, you That's know the, the saying. bottom line. You know the saying. Ideas are like assholes. Everybody got them in the old oh, stink. Oh, if I hear another fucking idea. <laughs> Excuse my language. We're keeping it clean for Oh, yeah, moms. for the moms. We you have know, to keep mom, it clean. shout out. Uh, so, yo, it's been a wild, it's been a wild week. Um, on my end, it's, you know, the book came out a week and a half ago. So Rappaport's just been traveling, doing his thing, getting the book. Was it number three last week? Creeping up on two. Damn right um, it is. Above Tom Brady. I believe we're going to be the number one sports book. Taking over the handsome fucker spot. I really do. I think we're going to be number one, and I think it's going to be cool because I know we're going to do another book after that, and it'll be just volumes of sport ranting. So anyway, that's been exciting. Uh, got back from Arizona, and uh, a lot of people listened to the last pod that we did, me and Stevie together, and really dug it because Stevie's obviously he's, he's he was going through a real single time. Yeah. He's back, you know what I mean? For two days straight, he was catching a cold. You know what I mean? He didn't know what was <laughs> happening. He was calling me. I'm killing it, Mike. I'm killing I'm doing great. You know, now he just asked me if I had cough drops and was there any Claritin left in the house. But he's coming along fine. I've seen, can I speak freely? I've seen you out yeah, doing sure. great things. Nothing sure. dirty, nothing wild. But like I have seen very pretty girls hanging on Stevie's way too warm coat. <laughs> I run chilly. First off, do you really? Yes, I, do you was, really? Yes, I run wearing, chilly. You were wearing a wool jacket in a nightclub. First off, it was a very light wool coat. Okay, it, wool was, it wool. wasn't thick. It was kind of a thin wool, and that's my layer of uh, of warmth. I need that. <laughs> okay. I need that because I was basically in a tank top. No, I know. I'm still hot. I run warm. Stevie runs freezing, and I'm looking over in the corner. He's basically covered up in a giant blanket in an in avenue while DJ Khaled's on stage. We the best. We the best. I had to leave midway through college because he wasn't DJing. He was just on the microphone yelling. We the best. All he did was he kept going, we the best. It's the greatest job in the world. The best music. Can you imagine you get paid hundreds of thousands of dollars just to show up and go, we the best. He's just a a hype man. And he goes, and another one. Just, just, yeah, don't yell that loud. Oh, sorry. That'll blast it. That blasts out. But he is a, a professional hype man. We had a great time. Stevie's coming through single entrance. 
with flying colors. I've seen girls lingering no, no, no. on them, hanging on them. I'm done with single. Is it over? On. Well, I'll explain something in a, a second. Week. No, no, I've had enough. But by the way, what I decided is I need you to do me a favor. I got you. I need a shidduch. What's a shidduch? Okay, a shidduch is like a Jewish matchmaking thing going on. There's a Jew out there that I'm, I need to meet and spend the rest of my life with. Fine. And you, you know this person. You want me to find her? No, no, no. You know this person. You don't have to find her. All you have to do is pick up the phone. And if you, don't, you, you can't get in touch, your friend Bob can absolutely get in touch. And I found my mate. Who's your mate? I need you to hook me up with Richard Lewis. All right? <laughs> Listen, he, hear me out. Hear me out before, before you say anything. That's amazing. Right? It, it's, it's a strictly platonic thing. Yeah. Obviously, I don't think there'll be any sexual activity going on. Unless he asks. Eh, you, you never know. It could catch me in a moment of weakness, but I, I just don't think that uh, that me, me and Richie are going are gonna to fool around yeah. in the bed. Okay. What I do realize, I looked at everything I wanted in a partner in my life. Yeah. He likes to complain. I love to complain. He, he's neurotic. Well, yeah, but would you out-complain each other? Don't you think that two complainers would cancel each other out? You oh, think no. it would be fun? Like, Richard, you go complain, then let me complain back and forth. Yeah, complaining. absolutely. We'd build the complaints that, that like, it, it would reach another level of complaints. You'd build a skyscraper of complaints. Absolutely. We would sit there all day. I mean, who else would... I'm just thinking about it. I'd be old and gray complaining with Richard Lewis. Be the greatest thing. And that, so that's what I need. I really... I would like you to set me up on a platonic date. Okay. To see maybe if I could be Richard Lewis's life partner. You got it. And again, this is not in a sexual way. Let's get yeah, this straight. Yeah. So, so I, I think very. Can... He's so Steve. If that car keeps honking, I'm gonna throw an egg that I have specifically for cars. For car honking. Yeah, I'm gonna throw an egg at him. But Stevie is, uh, yeah, very a very straight man, very Long Island, but very touchy. And I could see you just, you know, excited to hug Richard Lewis when you meet him. You know what I mean? I might, I might cuddle with Lewis. Yeah. I could cuddle with Lewis. That could be we... the name of your show, Cuddling with Lewis. Cuddling, cuddling Lewis? Cuddling and, com and complaining. Coddling Lewis. Forget coddling about cuddling Lewis. Lewis. Coddling Lewis. So please, I would like to know, can we... I'll actually... try. No, no, no. There's no try. I, I found my life partner. We can't try. I'll call try. Bob. We have to talk to Bob. I'll call Bob. I also had the chance to work with Larry David one time <gasps> when I was on Entourage, when, uh, when I was working with those guys, and Doug had Larry David on Entourage. And I'll never forget Larry David on Entourage. I swear to God, he is—he's all Larry David all day. So he says Doug has a line for him to say at the Laker game. Larry David, I'm five feet away. He walks up to Doug and he's like, "I would never say that. I can't say that." <laughs> so now Doug is in a full panic. He's pacing back and forth. He doesn't know how to change the line. So what I caught from the whole scenario was, I caught that Larry David was like kind of like his ego was kind of crazy and like he—you got to make him feel like he's the man. And so I said to Doug, Doug, just say to him that, and it was about Piven's character going to the sure. Laker game. Da, da, da. I said, just, just say to Larry David that, that, that he was planning on meeting Piven and he, did, he just forgot his tickets to the game, something like that. So whatever it was, long story short, I made Larry David feel good about himself in this scenario. And Doug pitched it to him and he took it and that was it. I saved the day. By the way, I'm a little offended by this story. Just Why? so you understand. First off, don't talk about my hero like that, that you have to coddle to his ego. Nobody, nobody out David's the David. So just so you understand, okay? Only he, he, it was a setup in his mind playing you guys to make you feel like you're Davidding the David when he Davided you. It's the DDD, the triple David. He got triple David. He, he, he pulled a triple David. The other time that I Davided him at the Soho house where you're not allowed to take pictures, I was so excited to see Larry David. I flipped. I just got a quick selfie with him. I was like, Larry, can I get a quick picture? Boom. Took the picture, manager came over, no pictures, too late. By the way, that's part of the reason I need to life partner with Richard Lewis because a big part of when you're with someone is that you get along and are accepted by their friends. Who in that crew is not going to want to sit with me at Jerry's Deli all day long and just talk about nonsense and complain all day long? I'll fit right in. I would give up every club moment, everything that cool thing we get to do, just to sit with those group of old Jews and old Jew with them all day. Saget can make that happen. Please, I'm, Bob, I'm begging you. I know you're listening. Bob, I'm begging you. Actually, great, great story. I actually met Lewis once, and it already we had an amazing first date. I was walking in Sunset Plaza. And I walked into this kind of overly fashionable men's uh, European kind of clothing store. Shocking. <laughs> and I'm wearing kind of this long cape kind of wool, back to the wool, wool sweater in probably 80 degree weather. Unbelievable. And I'm looking around and all of a sudden out of nowhere, and I'm telling you this is 100% true. I'm not making any of this up. Guy, wa Someone walks over to me. I get a tap on my shoulder and I hear, you motherfucker, you. And I'm like, huh? And now I turn around. It's Richard Lewis. Now I've never met Richard Lewis in my life. And he goes... 
Yes, I said it. You motherfucker, you. He goes, I would buy that exact sweater right now from this store, but you're wearing it. I'm really upset about that. <laughs> oh, so you're meant to be with Richard. You're meant to, he's meant to be your boy. It, it, it's, it's a match made in, in heaven. In Jewish heaven. Absolutely. It's a match made in the synagogue. It's my partner in complaints for the rest of my life. But okay. did you see Curb this week? I did. You know what? I fell asleep halfway through. Oh was God. it funny this week? It might be the best episode ever. Really? Did you see the part where Lewis is calling everyone honey because he prematurely called his girlfriend honey? So Larry had an idea and he's like, just bring her here to lunch and start calling everyone honey. So she thinks it's your thing. So he's like, honey, give me the check. Honey, do this. Honey, That's honey. That's amazing. No, I got to watch it. I came home late when I started watching. There was a turkey melt in front of me. I was done before the, the episode. I'm actually finished. offended again. How do you fall asleep? During just like during curb, you know my I, life. I was I home still, at two thirty in the morning with a tuna yeah, melt. That, a that's curb. Melt. You don't fall asleep during curb. That, that that's sacrilege. But actually, I, I wanted to say there's a lot going on right now, and I'm I'm a little taken back at a state of certain things. And you being a comedian, I actually am curious in your opinions on a couple of this because Larry David just got into a lot of trouble. Okay, a yes, lot, a lot of people. I are saw. Talking. Yeah, let, let, I'll backtrack for a second here just to get if anyone doesn't know, he just hosted SNL, and his monologue. I had a few jokes that people seemed to really take offense with. And one of the jokes he was talking about was that all the sexual predators, they, they seem to be Jewish. And they're not like him as he perpetuates uh, a nice stereotype for Jew That he, excuse me, he was talking about how he doesn't perpetuate a Jewish stereotype at all, which is, of course, he's being sarcastic because he's the ultimate Jewish stereotype. And that was the first thing people kind of got offended. And I wanted to backtrack there for a second because... The way I see it is he was stating something that was almost like an inside joke. For those of you who need a little Jewish 101, okay, we all do the same thing. Whenever we read the news and something bad happens and someone does something wrong, the first thing we do is look at the last name. And if there's any it's, Steen, Berg, we all freak the fuck out. We don't tell you non-Jews, but in our mind and to each other, we go, oh, why does he have to be a Jew? They hate us already. And... This is just a natural process of being neurotic and Jewish and thinking that you're coming after us to begin with. You know what's funny? I actually don't do that. It's a certain type of Jewish person that does. I don't do that. No. You grew up in a super Jewish community. You, your whole crew. Like, I don't do, I actually don't do that. Like, I, I obviously I'm Jewish. I grew up, I had a bar mitzvah, but I didn't grow up like, you know, I had so many different types of friends that it never really, like, when Bernie Madoff got busted, oh you my know God. I, mean? I didn't take anything from that other than he's just a piece of shit as a human being on a human level. It didn't hit me that, it, I knew that he was Jewish, but like, I didn't take that in as like, oh boy, another Jew, because there's so many people doing so many shitty None things in the world, but... But no, no, I I love being, listen, I'm proud Jew, I'm, I love it, but I'm saying... I, I couldn't be happier. You know what I mean? I made 19000 on as a 13-year-old. You know what I mean? I'm, I saved it up. I couldn't be happier. I love my values, my family, everything. I'm just saying it never was like my first thought when I see someone in trouble, but go ahead. But you have to understand, that's because you're a Midwest Jew. In the Midwest, everyone is nice. They hold the door for you. They smile to you so you don't think what they're thinking. Okay, then they go home and they'll go, that fucking Jew made me hold the door for him. That's the oh, Midwest. Oh, I know, I know that happens. So, I'm not even quiet. I know. So, that, I'm not saying we, we that We the East Coast happen. Jews where, it's a, where people talk a little bit more on their mind and, and, you know, and then forget about the Southern Jews. I don't even know if we exist. They're out there. They're out there? Oh, yeah. Sebastian's wife is Southern Jew. She's a really? Jew from like Texas. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're out Texas. there. No, there's Jews in Dallas. That, and that Houston. Really? Houston There's Jews? There's four in San Antonio. I'm sure. If me and you move to San Antonio, we may double the Jewish population. 100%. Start having little Texas babies. <laughs> so, yo, I know what you're, I know what you're getting at. Sure. So, let me, let me, yeah, let me yeah. say this. I watched his monologue. I watched it. At this point in our world, there's so many topics that people are hitting on that are they could be taken as offensive, stay away from. You know what I mean? Louis C.K. goes so deep and dark on shit. There's almost nothing you can't talk about. I looked at Larry David's monologue more from a comedian perspective. So for me, I was like, yo, I wish Larry David himself would have prepared better. Actually, as a comedian, I could tell he was reading off the prompter. I could tell his timing was a little off. I could tell as a delivery, so I was actually not so concerned about like the content of what he was saying. I was more like, "Damn, Larry, I wish you would have done some like get like Chris Rock, get your ass up at the comedy store every night and work on your shit." I could tell he didn't like deliver smooth, but yes, he did the concentration camp joke. 
which was genius in my opinion. It is a genius. It is a genius joke because listen, they made Life is Beautiful. You know that exactly. movie. The movie Life is my beautiful. favorite movie of all time, actually. So if you're gonna say that there can't be a positive sort of shining light in any dark situation, go watch that movie. And was, Roberto the, Benigni won the Oscar. Of for course that he movie. did. That's actually my tester on girls that I'm seriously considering dating. I make them watch Life is Beautiful, and if they're not crying hysterically by the end, that's it. It's it's a done deal. Right, that's like uh, Bronx Tale. If the girl doesn't open your door. No, that's my <laughs> this door is test. This the Jewish Bronx that's Tale. The Jewish Bronx Tale. You watch Life is Beautiful, and if we're not crying together by the end of Life is Beautiful, we have serious problems. By the way, that's amazing. You you really you know what I I'm, I was just thinking about it. Please, th- this one I got to talk to Rappaport for a second. Th- don't compliment Mike anymore. You see what he's doing to this guy's ego. He's now criticizing Larry David's stand-up delivery. On the guy gets one compliment, shout out on the book. How that's it. Now 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 he's the critique of. Of Larry David. No, that's not what I'm saying. I know. I am a sick fan of Larry David. I love everything. I think he's a genius. I know he's a genius. But my point was, I was watching the monologue more as like a rhythm comedian delivering your joke type of thing. And I could tell there were just moments he was off and nervous. Which, by the way, who's not going to be nervous hosting SNL? But then that joke came up and everyone's trying to bury him. And what what do you think? Well, well, let me ask you first off, is Larry David really a stand-up comedian though? Yes, Larry David was 20 years stand-up. Okay. Once you do 20 years, you're you're in. You're in. That's that's why once once you felt the life, there's a reason Judd Apatow's back on stage. It's just, it's in your, if it's in your blood... It's just in your blood. Like, so no amount of money is going to... He's half a billion, you know what I sure. mean? He still needs validation from a crowd. <laughs> he needs to get up and do his thing. And That's funny. I'm I like, do consider Larry David a stand-up because he is a stand-up. He always was a stand-up. So you, you know, know what? I, am I, a- wish, I wish more stand-ups had discipline in their brain because if stand-up comedians who are brilliant like that, if more of them had the writing discipline to, like, structure writing... They'd run the whole fucking world. Because it's funny's money. What about what about like a stand-up president? We now have a reality show president. We could the next president should be a stand-up comedian. Like how about I'd those addressed Chappelle. to the states? Chappelle, Chappelle that would be amazing. Chappelle should be the president. He understands everything. North Korea, I want you to calm it down, bitches. Yeah. Like calm down. Bad imitation. Horrible imitation. But, but I have a question for you, actually, because th- this really, I- I'm confused right now because I read another article. This ties into like a bigger issue. I read an article recently that um, Chris Rock was doing stand up on uh, in the comedy cellar. Okay. And they sort of, and he did some sexual harassment jokes because it's very pertinent and topical. And they basically almost boot him off stage. Are we at a point right now that people are being overly sensitive to what the comic is saying? Because I always thought. That the job of the comedian wasn't necessarily to say what's nice or proper, but to touch on the most uncomfortable issues and find the comedic light on the uncomfortable issues. You're 100% correct. The job of the comedian is to tell the truth in all the uncomfortable moments or just tell the truth. You know what I mean? Whatever that is. Whatever the subject matter is, it does. It's, it's be, find the funny in the darkness. That's it. And we are at a sensitive time. I mean, we are just a bunch of bitches right now. You know what I mean? This is the negative effect of social media. You know what I mean? Like people picking apart people's tweets and, you know, having a comment, having a voice on everything. It's like, yo, let a comic be a comic. You know what I mean? If you don't think it's funny, okay, so it's not funny. Don't clap, don't laugh. But there's no subject at this point. I mean... They did the whole movie The Aristocrats on the worst, sickest subject of all time, <laughs> a family banging a family. You know what I mean? Just uh, we are in a way too sensitive era. Let these dudes do their thing. I didn't see Chris Rock's monologue. I don't know what it no, is. It if women got offended and they were going off on Chris Rock, maybe it just hit. It struck a, a, an improper chord. But I will say this, and I'm not saying this about Chris Rock, but some comedians – I've seen them tackle subject matter, and they're not yet prepared to tackle it, and it's too early to come with the brilliance that you could have. And if if you say the wrong thing about a woman in a rape or an assault situation, and you haven't finely tuned your verbiage... You're going to get buried, and you deserve to get buried. Well, not really. Hold on a second here, because this is the next part of the question I have for you, because this ties into the Chris Rock thing, and you can, prob- you can shed light to people on this. Okay, forget the whatever show the, the big comedian's doing in middle America on a Friday, Saturday night. The way I understand it, and again, tell me if I'm wrong, the Comedy Cellar in New York, the, the Comedy Store here in L.A., 
these, in essence, when you go up and do a set, I think you get $5, $3. It's not that yeah. you're, it's there's actually, no money. there's no money. It's, it's a workshop for you during the week, basically, yep. for you to go out on tour and work on your material. So some of your stuff is supposed to bomb in these places. And what I think the audiences who are going to these places now don't understand is that basically this, these, these comedy clubs are selling these names or the potential of these names showing up for them to come in and pay and have their drinks and see a show. But if you're going on a weekday to one of these places, you're not guaranteed that this guy is going to bring his A game because he's working on his material for the big show on Friday, Saturday. So... So there has to be a certain lee, lee, Am I wrong? You tell no, me. No, no, you're 100 percent correct in that. Like last night, Louis C.K. went on stage with a bunch of notes. You know what I mean? And he was working it out. It's called working it out. And the comedy store and the cellar, those are places that you work it out. You know what I mean? And when you go on the road and you do your big shows, your theater shows, your you know your four nights in a comedy club, packed improv, you know 500 seat shows, you're on your pro game. Your shit is ironed out, ready to go. These are workshops. These are where these dudes come and they work it out. I watched Chris Rock every single night work on his Oscar material, and I watched it go from flimsy piece of clay to ironclad sure. dopeness in a two-week period, and that's the beauty of the art and the craft. But, yes, people, don't get all sensitive. Don't get mad at Chris Rock for saying his shit. He's been through the ringer. The dude's been divorced. He talks about it. He's open. He's honest. I wish I knew what he was actually saying last night. I didn't hear any quotes. I didn't see the material, so I really don't. I can't really judge the act. But like, listen, Chris Rock's probably had seven hundred women around him at different times. I know for sure he's tried. Women have tried to extort him. He's got deep, dark, emotional scars from the shit on the side that's happened to him. You know what I mean? Post marriage, maybe during marriage. Sure. You know what I mean? Like the. Like, you're famous, you're rich. Listen, this is a tricky... We're, we're walking a real crazy tightrope here with what's going on. You know what I mean? Because now we? every day somebody else in Hollywood's getting accused of rape, sexual harassment, this and that. And by the way, half these motherfuckers, they have done some dirt shit. Harvey Weinstein, you're a fat fucking piece of shit pig. <laughs> I don't want to be in your movie. I don't give a fuck. If I actually still fucking, willing, uh, Harvey, if you want to come out with something yeah. that's Oscar worthy and you, I, I, listen, you know, you, the struggle's the struggle. No, but for real, I'm, let me be gangster for a minute. I'll go up I'm to just, that room I'm and just, massage Harvey. I'll be gangster too. I'll massage the fuck out of Harvey. Let's yeah, go. Yeah, and he would take it at this point because he's probably going to jump off a fucking balcony somewhere. But listen, the bottom line is he's a sick fucking person. And if this many women come out and say he raped, he assaulted, he did, fuck you, bro. And by the way, the one thing, what I don't like, and I kind of, Get the mentality that I've, because I've talked to a bunch of women about this, and I know there's like that fearful mentality mixed with, is it my fault, mixed with shame, mixed with guilt. I get it. But my point is, on some real Detroit gangster shit, I'll be real, if Harvey Weinstein or any of these motherfuckers ever like pulled it out, started jerking it in front of my cousins, my fucking family, <laughs> guess what we do? We come back to the office for the second meeting. Sure. And we go to you, Harvey Weinstein. We go, listen, bro, guess what? I understand you got a sexual problem. You got a real fucked up mentality. You're all fucked up in your head. What <laughs> you did was wrong. But now my cousin, my sister, they have the job. They got the job that you threatened that they weren't going to have. Now they have the job. And we also own 9% of your fucking movie. Because otherwise, bro, we're going to fucking blow up your house. We're going to fucking cut your finger off. And I'm the, I'm not even a gangster, but if you do that to someone I love, I'm coming for you. But Mike, that's how I think. I just I I come. That's how my whole family thinks like that. But Mike, what? more importantly, why did he have to be Jewish? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, it didn't. He, he is a gluttonous freaking pig. No, I don't want to. Uh, by the way, I, and I, by I, the way, that is yeah. you're no. Listen, you're right. It's, I have does to, it put a mark on the Jewish people? I don't know. I, There's pieces of shit in every of race, course. religion. Thing, but I have I mean? to say one thing because I am making a little light, and I just want to be, be clear here because people do get a little crazy. I, it's disgusting. The fact that they come out with the rape stuff and things like that, there is nothing. I can't even watch rape in movies. I'm very sensitive towards it. I think there's nothing lower than somebody who would physically assault a woman sexually. So I do think that's disgusting. The one I find a little humorous, though, I have to, I'm not going to lie. And it's not, not a rape. I don't even know if I should go. I'm going to get you. Uh, whatever. Fuck it. The only thing. Uh, I, yeah, um, what? Hold on. Something's up with your mic. Okay. 
Go ahead. We okay? Check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Mike, check. Sorry about that little static was hitting. The one thing that I, I find some humor in, and it's just the one story, and again, I'm sorry, but this is just the way my mind works, is there, I guess, and I don't know, you may know this guy, because the Ratner story, that he opened the trailer, and he, for, I think it was uh, Olivia, Olivia Mum, and he, had, he was eating his lunch. So he had a shrimp in one hand and he jerked it in the other. And I just think of that visual, like who eats shrimp while jerking off? Like make a decision what you want to do at the moment. If you're going to be going to be a little creepy, like put the shrimp down and get involved. Like it's just that whole visual kind of just, I, I just think it's a little out there. Yeah, it's disgusting. And by the way, Brett Ratner, I don't really know you that well, but I know that I sat at Jerry's Deli 15 years ago with my girl at the time and she was next to me and you were on the other side of the table. We were all having dinner together late night and you were with one of my boys from New York who introduced us and you didn't even look at me, bro. All you did was talk to my girl and For see sure. where she was from. And I'm thinking, I'm going to smack the shit out of Brett Ratner, like literally. And I didn't but because my, my boy was like, yo, relax. He's just a fucking idiot. So... There's rapey dudes out there, and they are usually dudes that never got play in high school, that fucking have an aggressive, no-dick mentality, and they're like these pieces of shit. I'm just not down with that, man, not on any level. And listen, I'm not saying some of these dudes that are getting accused are, some might be innocent. Uh, there's 20 of them right now. I don't know <laughs> no, the rest of these motherfuckers. I don't know them, but like... If you're a dude and you're using your power and your money to fucking get with girls and assault them, and you're just a fucking lame fucking half Well, I think the, the issue comes into where you just said assault them. And the weird thing with Ratner is like, that we're talking about the story of shrimp, it just seems like such a display of a glutton and power with the shrimp in one hand, the cock in the other. It's saying, I can do whatever I want. Yeah. And I think people are going to learn that you can't do whatever you want, and there's a price to pay for this, especially today. Go to jail where there is no shrimp. <laughs> Fucking go, bro. I don't give a fuck about you. I, that shit bothers me because we come from humble beginnings. I've met your father. I've met your parents. Sure. You know what I mean? He's a humble man. Yeah, yeah. He's got humility. Whatever happened to fucking power, but humility? Like, I agree. Where's power? Have you met these people? My father had some power. He was a connected man. He made a great living. He could. He could. You know what I mean? He could have done. He was all about being humble. Where are the humble men? I'm Where like, are the people that are about making the great product and the great content? And staying humble. I've got to work with some awesome people in this business. This business is not just full of animals. You know what I mean? Oh, no, no. I disagree. It was just full of animals. No, no. <laughs> I'm no, not listen, kidding. There's, there's, some great, there's some great people There's here. some great people and who are about the story. Not only that, and also I see it happening in the, the, the media a lot now. All of Hollywood is getting this horrible rap because of a few bad apples. And it's unfair. There's a few scumbags and everyone else is okay. And by the way, unless, Brett, if you do want to make instead of Rush Hour 2 like Rush Hour Jew, I'm happy to stand in front of your trail. You eat that shrimp and I'll watch it. Don't worry about it. You know, I I'm in. Okay? You've never met a more desperate actor ready to just give it up. He does not care. You can have Stevie. Stevie's like a doll. You could cuddle him. You could jerk it. You could pull out the shrimp. You do whatever you want. Unless this or any of this upsets Richard Lewis, who's my new life partner. Richard, don't worry. I have no problem not staying. If it offends you or upsets you or you get a little little jealous of me standing in front of Ratner for Rush Hour Jew, then I won't do it. But, Mike, I want to go back to for a second because okay, about I, the stand-up stuff. Okay, well, no. Before we go on that, let's just say that it happens, this type of stuff. It happens in every business. It happens in the auto industry. Exactly. It happens in the bicycle business. It happens in the planting, in the landscaping, in the plumbing world. Dudes with power abuse their power. So lay off a of Hollywood. It ain't just Hollywood. That's just who you're focused on now. If you want to get real, the fucking financial crisis was brought down by these fucking animals who are abusing their power on Wall Street. They were spitting on girls, bringing hookers to Vegas, treating women like shit. You know what I mean? Like it happens in every freaking business. So it's a psychological problem we got going on. It's a it's a dudes who don't know how to have any game other than your rapey game. Nothing problem. worse than rapey game. Rapey Fellas, game. don't grope. Yeah, don't, don't grope. grope. You want to know how to talk to a girl? And I always Step back. I always joke that like I, I don't know how to talk to women, but I'm not that bad at it. The truth is, here's how you approach a woman. I'm going to give anybody, that, and Mike, you tell me if I'm wrong. By the Can, way, sorry, yeah. I'm going to continue, but... I don't even like walk like when I'm walking down the street and I know and like you know sometimes you like catch the same exact pace as a stranger yeah. and now you're like walking together. If it's a woman, 
I run ahead. I don't want a woman to even feel like I'm like behind her four feet. Like I don't want listen, anyone to feel like behind me four feet. I walk ahead of everybody. I'm scared of everybody. Yeah, exactly. Go ahead. But that's but my point it, is, you know, it, we're just it's guys, just a different shit. You want to talk to a girl? It's very simple, okay? Guys, you know, I've listened to so many guys come up with lines. and Here's how you approach a woman. Hey. Now, if she smiles <laughs> and says hello back... And she gives you a nice attitude. Well, that's an opening to continue the conversation. If she doesn't give you a smile or a nice look back and she goes to back to eating, she goes, hey, and goes back to eating her uh, spaghetti or whatever she's eating, she doesn't want to talk to you. Walk the fuck away. She's not interested. And that's quite all right. There are people who are going to like you in life. People are not going to like you in life. It's fine. Everybody's so, I feel like we're in a society where everybody is so self-absorbed and obsessed. And, yeah, and narcissism's at an all-time high. All-time high. Beyond. All it's all about you. By the way, negative effect of social media, negative Not effect of living on your damn telephone. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And that it comes ain't about back, you. And that comes back to the comedy point, actually, because I feel that audiences are watching comedians today, and the, part of the reason they're taking it so personally is because they, they think they're talking directly about them. It actually happened. I watched it on a Bill Burr show for, uh, for, uh, for, I forgot where we were, but Bill Burr did a show, and he's talking about a topic about uh, lesbians who dress like guys. And it's it's a pretty funny joke. More than pretty funny. It's it's a funny observation that's very intelligent. Bill Burr is. It. For those of you who don't know, I highly recommend you. You want to talk about someone who dances the line brilliantly. That is, I've never seen someone walk the line better in my life than Bill Burr. He's a fucking genius, and yeah. I don't throw that word out lightly. I right? think most of the people that listen to the All Things Comedy podcast know who Bill Burr is, but yes, he's just a in genius. case anyone who listens to All Things Comedy doesn't know <laughs> Bill Burr, go check out Bill Burr. Go you might check have out heard Bill Burr. Your local yeah. uh, yeah, you CD know. store. <laughs> so. A woman that kind of fit the description of what Bill Burr was talking about. I was outside and I heard her talking to her friends. And she literally looked at her friends and go, you know, I felt like I died when he said that. Everybody turned around and looked at me. No, they didn't. Nobody cares. None of us are that important. Bill Burr was making comedic observation about something that he sees and turned into a joke for him to be provocative, prerogative, uh, 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 funny, and, and and start a conversation that you have afterwards. He is not specifically talking about you sitting in the audience. He could care less about you, and the rest of the audience could care less about you and you what you do too. Everybody leaves that show and then goes, Oh, wait, I, I got to go to work tomorrow. Uh, my girlfriend's mad at me. Nobody gives a shit. So people need to stop getting, need to get over this, in my opinion. And it's the same thing with Larry David with the Jewish jokes. It's the same thing with Chris Rock with the sexual harassment jokes. If we don't allow our comedians, and I promise I'll, I'll give you a second here. If we don't allow the people who are supposed to rant about society in an obscure way do that, then we're censoring the ones who are not supposed to be censored, for lack of a better word. I don't know, Mike, what do you think? That's a great point. Honestly, maybe the best point you've made. You cannot censor the artists. Like, you can't. If you censor the artists, then what are you doing? We got nothing. We got communism. What do we got going on? You can't censor the artists. These are the people that are paid to give their opinions. And yes, guess what, audience member? We're not... You'll know when we're talking to you, because we're going to look at you, and we're going to talk to you. Otherwise, during the show, we're not talking just directly to you. If it strikes a chord, and you're such a narcissist that you think it's about you, I... Bet you think this song, song is, is about, about you. you, don't you? <laughs> it's not. It's not about you. So get over that. Now, the flip side of all this crazy stuff that's going on with the allegations here and there, I believe there are some women out there, some scandalous-ass women who are coming forward for money, for attention. I'm, I, I'm, there are a few of them out there, I, I do, I believe this, that are like coming out of the woodwork. Blah, 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 did this to me 19 years ago, da, da, da. Listen, what's up with you? Where have you been for 19 years? Why are you coming out? Right? What's happening right now? The, I, I, I'm listen. I'm I'm gonna go there because it's real. Like this is Mike's filter. He's not talking about most women. Please don't be upset with him, guys. He needs to work. He, I, I, Mike, are you drinking right now? We, we don't talk about these things. Wait, uh, wait. There are girls who actually come out for 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 reasons. Listen other. up, you vindictive. <laughs> there are some vindictive women who've been scorned. Hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And 
I'm not talking about. I, you know, I'm just. I'm just saying it's out. I've talk, wait. We're not talking had, about you. This song is not about you. Yo, you bro. listening right now? If you're getting upset with Mike, I'm oh, sorry. I don't know if I'm screwing the levels up. But if you're getting upset with Mike right now, he's not talking about you. Don't worry. Yo, I went out with a couple actresses the other night. Me and Kevin and a few girls that are real actresses out here in Hollywood, and they said the same thing. They're like, you know, what I can't take is some of these girls that are scandalous that try to lure these dudes in, and now they're coming out saying this and this. So it's a fine line. Of you know what I mean? It's a fine line. It's a fine line. The only time I ever thought Mike Tyson was innocent was when he got <laughs> convicted for rape on that girl. Like, that was the one time. And Mike Tyson admits it. He's like, yo, I've done so much foul shit. I should definitely have been in jail. But that was the one woman, that situation, that didn't happen. You know, and I actually, you know, I've read everything about his life. I watched his one-man show. And, you know, there's this fine line. So, women, be cool. Be careful. Don't try to, don't be scandalous because there's some... There's some devils out there, bro. They'll fucking poison you. Guys, but Mike, again, is not talking about you. Please continue to support him. Don't show up in a newspaper that he's a woman hater or a basher. This is a public service announcement. Mike Young is a great guy. Trust me. Trust me. Trust me. And listen, I've seen it. <laughs> that's funny. By the way, that's great. You're my conscience. You're my filter. I need a filter. But that's, listen, it's a big, crazy subject. It's been going on for a thousand years. It's very simple. Fellas, don't be fucking rapey. Don't be an abuser of your power because that just means you're a weak bitch on some other level. Be respectful. Ladies, you know what I mean? If you're hurting, don't come out. You know what I mean? Don't don't pull some scandalous ass L.A. dirty dirt shit. You know what I mean? Just Don't I, kick I, I, a guy in the nuts because you have daddy issues. Yeah, you, to yeah say, you got some issues and the guy hurt your feelings, don't call him a rapist if he didn't touch you or come near you. Actually, you know, that, that, that hurts out. a guy's whole life. Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman. He came out, and then his producer came back and actually stood up for him. And uh, this, this story gets no run. The producer came back and said, no, 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 wait a second here. Dustin Hoffman was joking with everybody and actually made a point to make jokes with the interns and assistants as well. So they felt included. And it, it came out, one person took it the wrong way, and it came out this way. So... Where I do believe, and I, by the way, I, I want to clear up for Mike too before his career is over after this podcast. I want, we do both believe that most of these stories, if someone is claiming rape, we're not doubting that. Oh, 100%. All right? no, no one is I'm equating this with rape or creepiness or anything like that. So again, you listening that, Mike, that you think Mike is talking about you, he's not talking about you. No. Listen, like I said, I, you, you fuck with my family like that, you come on some aggressive rape type shit like my cousins growing up they couldn't eat they were scared to tell me and my brother and my other cousins like what had like if some dudes did some shit to them sure we showed up at other schools sure and took dudes out of classes like that's you don't fuck with the women you took a dude family. out of a class we did we removed a young man from a class so teachers like school. all right in 1942 this is uh, excuse me gentlemen can i help you oh no no we're, we're, we're just, just here talk to, to young billy. jimmy for a second yeah billy can you come here for a second it's your parents need to talk to you and yeah, Billy got a talking to. Yo, bro. Yeah. My brother literally had pulled. We, we, we visited schools before. The youngs, you know I mean? they fool everybody. They seem so calm no, and collected. No, we are calm. Until, 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 until they don't need to be calm. Totally calm. Humble. Maybe you can, David to David. Yeah, I'll, I'll David everybody. You'll David everybody. I huh? got the gift of David. You may have to give David a gift. So anyway, that's, there's a lot going on in Hollywood. Don't censor comedians. Comedians, come strong. Say whatever the F you want. I don't care. Louis C.K.'s bit the other night. You think Chris Rock was going dark? You think Larry David did some shit? Louis C.K. got up on stage, pulled out his notebook. He goes, I'm just going to do what I, I'm just going to do his act. You're going to do Louis C.K.? Yeah, just because I saw what he, it was, it was nuts. Michael was Rappaport gives this guy one compliment. He offends Larry David's stand-up. Now he thinks he can do Louis C.K. Unbelievable. Rappaport, stop complimenting this guy. His head is so big, his hat doesn't fit anymore. Listen, that, no, no, that's not about that. This is, he, he did a, he's going to do it way better because he was just working on some shit. He goes, I pulled a prank on my friend. He goes, I got my boy to bang me in the ass, and I had lipstick around my ass. So when he <laughs> went home to his wife, he had lipstick on his dick. That's the funniest. If you don't think that that is some dark, dark dick shit, then where are we at? Well, I mean, there's just dark you stuff. can't censor Louis C.K. And by the way, he sold the joke. You know what I mean? Of like course he, he did. He went up full-fledged, didn't even... Didn't even uh, hesitate to deliver that shit. Actually, and I don't think there's any subject. I, I personally, there's no subject matter. If, if if it's made to be funny, 
that's off limits to me. I just don't it's, see it. I, I don't go that dark because it's not in my nature, and I don't. That's just not my style. Everyone has a different style sure. of comedy. That's not my thing. You know what I mean? Comedy will hit me when it hits me, but I'd have no. I'm never going to go against a comedian. You but I just the think, only thing I go against is if you're not funny. Well, I, as long if as you're, you're atta- trying to be funny, I think though, to be honest with you, there's humor in every situation, and that's the beauty of the comedic mind is that in those darkest and the darkest situations, you try and find something to laugh about because that's uplifting and you find humor. Like I just read a story uh, on the New York Post that dark story that I found hysterical that I actually texted the story to my friends. I said, are you fucking kidding me? This guy wanted to have strippers, right? So what he did, he just got arrested somewhere in Texas. I wish I had the story in front of me. What he did, he kept calling the strippers and giving his neighbor's address and saying, come onto the lawn, strip on the lawn, and then when you're done with the show, I'll come out and give you the money as the neighbor. So like this, this guy was sending strippers to his neighbor's lawn. He was watching and doing his thing, obviously, from the windows while the strippers were stripping for this guy, his wife, and his family. And then the strippers would bang on the guy's door, the neighbor's door, asking for money. I was like, what an evil genius. You know, just, That's some bizarre that is some, There's some bizarre genius. shit out there. But my point is there's some real humor in that somewhere. And like, there's, there's something, when you read that, you have to sit back and laugh. And I just think that helps us as humans because we're in some dark places right now as a society, as a country, as a, as a world. And I think the one thing that kind of, if you can, that but, helps you get through the day is that laughter. To, to be able to look at it all and just get a laugh. You got to get a laugh in. You got to get a laugh. And laughter's guttural. You know what I mean? You got to get the laughs in. We're living in a weird time. We got a fake president in a real world. You know what I mean? We are living in a really interesting time. This has never before happened, I don't think, in America where everybody's been so against the leader. And I think he doesn't even know what the hell's going on. There's like people raising money to impeach him. You know, but again... Not to be narcissistic, but you got to also go, what's he doing with you? How's your life going? Like, what, Let's forget all the marching and the cold crazy. How is your life being affected? If your life is being affected in a negative way, get up, say something, do something. But I'm sitting back here. You're with me right here. We're sitting in a penthouse on, on Burton Way that's not mine. You know what I mean? My place is getting refurbished downstairs. They got us up here in a two-bedroom suite. Our lives are pretty damn good on planet Earth right now. Yes. You know what I mean? What am I gonna what are you gonna spend your energy on complaining Actually, about? By the way, but but you, Stevie, you've got a gift of complaining. Oh my god. Level. If there was a complaining Olympics, I'm winning gold. But Chappelle actually summed it up best. Like I, I like, like I said, that's why I love to he's quote comedians. I love to quote people. They're who, the only philosophers left. So he's, he basically described Trump as and, and America. He said he's a bad DJ at a good party. That you're still at a great party. This is America. This is still the the place where if you want to work hard, you want to try and succeed. There's a chance for you to succeed and 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 grow in this country. And you just kind of have a bad DJ at a great party at the moment. And uh, by That's the way, genius. Where, where, when did he say that? I, I want to say on one of the talk shows. I saw it on YouTube. I was I was I like to to kind of. When do you get guys. your reading and research done? It seems like a wealth of knowledge <laughs> is coming for you. You sent me three articles in the last three days. Where are you? When are you reading? I'm prepared. I told you. I come prepared, Mike. I I'm, I'm trying to to convince Mike and maybe you guys can um can uh, help me here and bombard him with emails and texts and uh and i'll give out his phone number in a minute but um that we need to do something on the weekly side me and him and we, we discuss topical stuff every week and come together i've actually been trying to convince him for years and he kind of can goes, only help me because it'll just get me to read the paper there I, you I go. quit reading the paper there you go oh by the way i need to do my humble break so that this week uh, our trailer for first we take brooklyn came out First We Take Brooklyn. He mumbled that. I'm oh, sorry. First We Take Brooklyn. It'll be out in January. Stars and is directed and produced by our friend Danny A. Abikaza, Harvey Keitel's in the movie, Anna Lynn McCord, Charlotte McKinney, your boy Stevie Gutman. You're going to love it. It's coming out in January. And by the way, Mike, I know you're going to- First you, We Take Brooklyn. Check it. Danny A. does it. it again. Danny A. does it again. Danny doing Danny things. I love you, big bro. And I know you're going to end us soon because I see that face. You're going to cut us off. I just, before we go, Mike, come on. We're good. I just want to make sure the battery's good. We're no, good. We're good, right. Stevie. We're good. Well, well, do it anyway. Come on. Play the Rappaport compliment one more time. I know you want to. Okay, hold on. Come on. Give the world the Michael Rappaport Keep talking. compliment. I will. I will. Okay. 100%. All right. Mike's checking out batteries and things like that right now. And he's gonna, I'm going to have him load up the Rappaport compliment because I know he likes sharing. I walked in. The first thing he did was play the I love that you want me to play it again. I, come on. Play it again, Michael. That's right. You're the MVP, Mike. Finally, I want to thank my man, Mike Young, friend, 
writer, help me write this book. I could not have done this without you. Appreciate everything. Appreciate all the help. You are the real MVP. 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 Mike is killing it. One Finally, more time. I want to thank my man, there Mike you go. Young. But without you, hip-hop, and your influence uh, on me, could it, not have done this without you. Appreciate everything. Appreciate all the help. You are the real MVP. There you go, Mike. I mean, it does feel good. Oh, you're going to bed listening to no, that no, in, it loop, does, listen, in loop. By the way, I'm playing it for a lot of people who are going to hear that tonight. You should. You know what I mean? No one knows. Because I, you know, I, I told people I was ghostwriting. I told them I was collabing. You know, sometimes people believe you. They don't Not believe really. You. I didn't even really believe you. You didn't. Nobody of course, believed JC, you. We don't believe you. You need more people. Nobody believes anything. So it's real. And, you know, I'm humble. I, I, I'm not bragging, but, like, it feels good because I do right. respect Rappaport in a big way. Of the course. dude is a crazy, talented dude. He's He he could have been a comedian if he wanted to be. And I, my, I, I wrote a, a, a screenplay about a comedian that gets into the, goes into some dark shit. He, he read it. He wants to do it. I want him to do it. I it's want amazing. him to play a comedian who goes to the dark side because this dude, he can go funny. He can go dark. You know what I mean? Later, I'll play the whole first chapter that I, now, I read. That he read. Guys, get ready. So play minutes. it, Steve. No, nah, it's too long. Too long into today for what we did, but I think too you long. should play it on your next podcast for sure because right. it's great. Mike talking about his experience with I'll Mike. Play, can I play 30 seconds of it? 30 please? seconds. All right, deal. 30 seconds. Thanks. I'm so proud. Hold on. I wrote the copy copy editor's note. Here it comes. This is the audio portion of this book. Are you using balls. product in your hair now? From the editor. Let's look back. My first meeting with Michael Rappaport Me was reading. offensive, disruptive, and it honestly felt dangerous. He started telling me his thoughts about the book, then sneezed repeatedly, got up from the table without saying a word. He just left. <laughs> then he comes back a half hour later acting as if he never even left. I asked him what was wrong. He told me he was allergic to my cologne and would I leave immediately. But why does he I have to be a Jew? <laughs> I told him I didn't wear cologne. He called me a liar. Then he left the restaurant himself, leaving me stunned and more than slightly concerned about this whole situation. By the way, we, rec we recorded this in Henson Studios where Zeppelin recorded, where everybody, Michael Jackson. Oh, that's amazing. Sickest studios I've ever seen. Minutes of sitting down. Michael is tossed out of the restaurant and he's banned from the coffee shop for insulting a guy who kept talking loudly with a British accent. Michael claimed the guy was faking the accent and there was no reason he had to talk that loud. <laughs> then he threw a used napkin at the guy. The guy almost cried. I told him, some people just speak that way, Michael. Then he shunned me and asked me to pay for his Uber home. I paid for the Uber, but when I received my Uber receipt, I realized Michael had taken an extra 13-mile trip let me ask you a question about Michael. Hold on. Let me, should I get this? I don't know. Who is it? Mike's getting a call in the mid-podcast call. How unprofessional. It's like answering the phone during sex, Hello? what you just did. Don't call me. I don't know who that was. Oh, I'll, st I'll stop this. Anyway, I stopped it. So basically what that was was Rappaport called me when we were almost done with the book. He's like, yo, you got to write a chapter as an editor. You got to write a chapter about how difficult I am to work with. So I basically just got to let it fly, and that was part. You, you guys got to hear part of that, but it was a blast. It was a blast, and I'm proud of the book. I'm proud of the work. It was definitely heavy lifting, way more work than I thought. Like it was laser focused type of shit sure. because you owed Simon and Schuster a word count, and it had to be seventy five thousand words. It's like high school. It was some high school shit, but like. It was very focused, and we ping pong beautifully. See, I would have so done very that. big font, the triple spacing. Be oh, like, yeah. all right, it's here. My eighty pages are uh, here. Stevie, this is only four thousand words. You owe us seventy-one thousand. That's why I don't get how how people get all this respect for writing children's books. Like it's it's eight That's pages funny. and six words, and like and like, oh my god, it's a hit. Like who can't do that? I don't understand. By the way, that's a great bit. No, that's a great bit. Maybe I am a comedian. No, but that's a great bit. I'm actually looking for. You know what I was thinking about? You were talking about Apatow going on stage and looking for that, like, that audience approval still deep in his heart. Yeah. I, I just look for daily audience approval. Like, I go walk around life hoping that somebody goes, hey, man, I like you. That's You're an okay. Absolutely great bit. Anybody can write a children's book. That's a seven pictures, eight sentences. A guy meets a girl. Yeah. Boy meets girl. They get dog. Dog takes walk. Everybody comes home, Dog peanut butter happy. and jelly. Mom fed dinner, peanut butter and jelly. That's yeah. it. It's like your life was soup. Totally. That's, that's my whole, <laughs> 
By the way, that is my whole. If I did an adult book, it would be that. Boy meets girl. Boy takes girl to restaurant very late at night. Boy gets soup. Girl gets toast. Boy goes home. Let's write an adult children's book. So basically, here's what I'm... An I'm immature, gonna... like an immature adult book? No, it's not even immature. It's just very simple. You're going to read it quick. We cut through all the bullshit, like all those words that clutter pages. We're going to cut through all of that. couple of pictures, basically to the point and the end, Soup and Stevie. It's funny, man. Sebastian does a bit of... Uh, he used to do a bit about people hate reading. He's like, I hate reading. Nobody <laughs> likes to read. He's like, I read the whole page. I got to go back to the top. I don't know what I just read. <laughs> I can't remember a thing I just read. When you read, do you put, like, if you read fiction, do you put a voice behind? Yes, I'll put a voice and an image, depending what I read. Because that makes, it's it's kind of makes a lot of sense to me what he said. I remember as a kid, I would, I mean, no shock here. There's a little bit of ADD going on with me and, and a touch of anxiety. So I would read a page and then I'd. I, I'd be like, or three or four, and I'd come back and be like, what the fuck did I just read? I wouldn't, I'd be like, I'm reading the words, but they're not registering the head because the head's worried about 10 other things. So what would help you comprehend? Did you have a trick like to comprehend? Because I I do, I put a voice, like a character's voice. And if I'm reading fiction, I'll like make the author sound like he's from the country or I'll just really? have a voice in my head. Yeah, because otherwise I'm just reading words and I'm not comprehending anything. So Well, you're not going to have to worry about that with our adult children's book because it's going to be as few words as possible, very visual. And audio on every page. Oh, oh my God, that's amazing. Push, you push a, button. a button. That's boom. it. Here's the audio. And it's only two words. So like you push the button and it's me being like, and the. And yeah. The next day. Yeah. Right. And the boy beats. It's going to be great. You guys will love so it. So I think we're dragging this one out a little bit. It's time. To, uh, let, 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 it's one hour. It is one hour. Okay. Guys, I want you to bombard Michael. His phone number is 955. He got so scared right now. All right. But bombard him. Let him know. If you guys want to hear more of me, let him know. It. Oh, my God. I forgot one thing. I have to thank someone. Mike, don't answer the phone because it's very important. Uh, Another Jewish person. Uh, it's very important. And, and hopefully you're still listening to this and I meant to do it. Part of the reason we did today's podcast a very wonderful woman who writes me a lot after she listens to the podcast. She seems to listen to a lot of things I'm on. And I want to thank you personally, Serena Cow, because you're the one who wrote me, said, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Larry David being such a huge Curb fan. And I have to tell you, sometimes I feel like, you know, it's rough out there trying to be an entertainer. And I feel like nobody cares. And you make me feel like someone cares. So from my heart, I want to thank you. For and you can always write me and throw me ideas and I'll bombard Mike more and get on these podcasts uh, and hopefully you guys enjoy it. So thank you, Serena. And boom, Stevie Gutman. Later, guys. Mike Young stories that need to be told. All things comedy. Mike Good Young talk. getting complimented by Fellas, Michael Rappaport. Don't be assaultish. Don't be rapish. Fucking be a man. Yeah, be a Handle man. Handle your business. Be a humble. Not your business in your pants. Leader. Handle you know your business I mean? in the streets normally. Don't be a scumbag. And don't hate on comedians anymore. Let them say what they need to say. We're Stop the bullshit. You. We're coming for you. We'll see you next week. Later.